Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 21 of Rams Review Podcast. This podcast we are going to look back at the game at Hillsborough last week. We're also going to look at the cup game against Manchester United and the result from Pride Park yesterday against Blackburn. Uh, we've got plenty to, d- to dissect out of those three games and then we've now got uh, a five game wait until we take a trip to the Den against Millwall next Saturday and then what after that we've got Reading at home to look at and Preston away before the international break so we're going to have a look at all that guys um, and then any other normal bits and pieces that we fit in um, <clears throat> it will be a welcome back to Corey He's got a, a nice clip for us, so we'll be uh, l- allowing you to listen to that and we'll dissect what he thinks. As always, guys, to get in touch on the socials, it's at RamsReview1 on Twitter. Facebook is RamsReview. Email RamsReview at Hotmail.com with any questions, comments and queries. Let's get stuck in. So then, first game to dissect what looked a tricky away trip to Hillsborough. Certainly after the two home draws and the defeat at QPR, Derby's season looked as if it was stagnating, uh, as we discussed last week on the pod, and it was all about what could we possibly do in in the final 11 games of the season. So I don't think anybody was expecting the performance uh, and the result that came at Hillsborough. Certainly the performance first half, where Derby decimated Wednesday for the first 30 minutes um, and found themselves 3-0 up, a brace from Tom Lawrence, uh, helping uh, that cause. And Derby were just dominant, you know, they, they... they came out the traps quickly. They got Wednesday on the back foot. To be fair, they looked at sixes and sevens. Um, and Derby raced into a 3-0 lead, as I say, which, let's face it, you know we've struggled to score three goals away from home um, all season, really. Obviously, we know performances have got better since the turn of the year. And now we're starting to show what we can and can't do. Um, second half... Uh, obviously, as you would expect, the home team were going to give it a good go. They did pull one back. We did sit back a little bit. Not so sure our second half performance was quite up to scratch. But at the end of the day, we saw out the we saw out the result uh, for a three-one win. Which, as I say, I think it is only the third away win of the season in the league. So, you know. It was a it was a positive result, as I say, after the two draws at home and then the defeat to QPR. Even though some of the performances were there in those games, yeah, the results matter. It's and in all fairness, we got both. So what a what a way to build into the you know into the into the cup game against United. Um, fantastic performance, as I say, Tom Lawrence stood out. Two quality goals, Jason Knight getting the third. Uh, Chris Martin setting up all three. Uh, it was just a, it was it, it's it's starting to come together a little bit more now away from home, which is good. If you look at our away performances since the turn of the year, obviously we've had results, we've had goals, um, 
and it's nice to not have to score three just to be in in the chance of a of a game you know, of a result you know the the defending was was pretty solid um wednesday did push the second half and i think we did well to to hold them off um and a, a very welcome three points uh, as always as we as we say try and climb as high as we can this season and see where it takes us see where we where we can finish uh, and so to what was obviously the excitement of the week Thursday night in, um, under the lights at Pride Park against United in the FA Cup. Unfortunately, I think as most people may well have expected, um, Derby uh, succumbed to defeat by three goals to nil. It doesn't quite tell you the story of the whole game. I thought Derby were in you know the first 20 minutes. They they looked pretty good, creating chances. Uh, just didn't quite get that goal which obviously would have would have made a difference and then in all fairness United's first goal was was a deflected shot and then after then the, the quality shone through uh, Derby started to sit back a little bit more couldn't really get hold of the ball uh, second half they came out and you know gave as good as they could um, two two more strikes uh, from I think it was a Garlo uh, for United, and yeah, you could pick fault with the goals. Uh, as I say, the first one was a deflection that was a little bit unlucky, but all in all, the clash on through. Uh, all the talk before the game um, was obviously about Wayne Rooney, who came close himself twice with two free kicks, two pretty solid saves from Romero, uh, Louis Sibley getting a start. Uh, flashing one just wide, uh, Waggon missing an header that again was just wide. A couple of good saves from the goalkeeper as well. So you know, on a di- on another day, it could have been a different result. But I certainly can't stand here and say that you know Derby matched United because they didn't. That, that that'd be unfair to say. Uh, but they gave it a good go with what was a makeshift back line, uh, and you could tell at times uh, why he decided to choose that. I don't know. But he played Evans and Forsyth at centre half. Um, okay, Clark's played most games since the turn of the year since he was out injured. Um, obviously, wisdom the same. Uh, you know, when a lot of people were saying, "Why do that?" Because we haven't really got anything to play for in the league. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's the manager. He picks the side that he feels is worthwhile. Um, I mean, obviously, as I say, I read comments on social media, and it was as if he'd put out 11 kids which he didn't do I think in all fairness there was probably only two maybe three to push um, players that were missing that would normally play so but it was more the the centre-back pairing was was questionable and as I say it, it you kind of can see from the goals it, it kind of did tell that they aren't naturally centre-offs um, but that's harsh, I suppose, in some respects. Would Clark or Davis or Wisdom be any better in there? Would it have really affected the result? I'm not so sure. Obviously, another one, Chris Martin, as I say, after making um, a hat-trick of assists against Wednesday, why was he arrested? It was probably un- unjust, but at the end of the day, Koku does it, does it for a reason. I don't think Martin can play three games in a week. I think that's that's fair. Um, but as I say, the point is, you know, have they really got much to play for in the league? So why not? Why not give them a go? But at the end of the day, the, the lads that were out there, they they put a shift in. Very impressed from with Sibley. 
Uh, Rooney was another masterclass in all fairness in midfield. Bird again. It's the, it's, it's, it's the same names that have been jumping out in the league performances, to be fair, over the last couple of weeks. I thought Sibley, uh, it's the first start that he's had. Uh, we know he's been a name that's been banded around for the last, uh, well, certainly most of the season. Why isn't he getting a chance when Knight and Bird have? Uh, I don't know the answers to that question. But he was given a chance against United and... I thought he played really well. He had energy. Uh, he likes to put his foot in. There's no doubt about that. He's got a bit of fire about him, which is, if it's monitored in the right way, that is definitely going to be a a bonus to his game. And and I, you know, he certainly didn't do himself any harm. Um, and you can see there's a reason why certainly people who watch the under 23s and stuff like that um, have mentioned his name. He, he's he got something about him. Obviously, we've got to nurture it in the right way. And as we well know, Koku's history and experience, you would think he's in a he's in capable hands. So it was it was a it was not to be. Unfortunately, the dream ends uh, for the FA Cup this year. But I think you know, in, in fairness, it was a it was a half decent performance. The scoreline probably I wouldn't I, I don't know about saying flattered because I think United were worth worth the victory. I think if we'd have got a goal, maybe 3-1, yeah, that probably would have read a little bit fairer on our efforts. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Tom Lawrence went, was injured uh, after a nasty kick on the back of the leg um, and subsequently got taken off at half-time. And also, as we well know now, that he, he missed the game against Blackburn yesterday and also so did Wayne Rooney picking up don't know if it was in the game or not or in training um i've read reports that it's uh, knee ligaments which is a little bit frustrating um there's one that's one of those that you you know difficult to put a time frame on really but all in all it was a, it was a good run out for the youngsters against arguably one of the best sides in the premier league okay they're not at the minute but obviously they have been and in all fairness their form since again the last probably turn of the year five or six games uh, they you know they they've been pretty decent so i think anybody who was fully expecting derby to turn united over probably need a bit of a reality check but I thought they, they did all right. Um, and it obviously it was then back to bread and butter yesterday at Pride Park. A Blackburn side come in who were three, uh, you know, a win, a, a win away from being inside the top six. Um, always difficult Tony Mowbray sides. And as I say, there was no Tom Lawrence. There was no Wayne Rooney. It was who was going to grab the uh, grab the game. Could we perform without arguably two of our better players over the last um, few month, few weeks and the answer to that uh, is a restound, an astounding yes Derby County 3, Blackburn Rovers 0, uh, Lewis Sibley getting in the side again I think that was fair from, from his efforts from Thursday, nice to see that he could play uh, two games in the in, in the short space. You know, he's young. You would think he'd got that in him, but obviously you've got to you've got to be careful as well. And he actually opened the scoring with an absolute left foot rocket uh, from about thirty yards out. In all fairness, I thought Blackburn had started the game quite well. You know, Blackburn already they humped the ball up front. They've got two big lads up front in Berriton and uh, Sam Gallagher. And they, you know, we know we're not great in the air uh, defending that kind of thing. But to be fair, we managed it quite well. And as I say, I thought the first 10 minutes, they not got on top of us, but they 
certainly had the initiative and then that goal comes and then from there Derby just went from strength to strength um, Blackburn didn't really have much more of a sniff in the game to be perfectly honest with you they had one or two isolated chances good save from Hamer uh, on one where it took a slight deflection um, but other than that it was it was Derby um, second goal came from again a, a long range shot from Shinny the goalkeeper I mean for me I'd, I'd want to do better if I was in net um, he pushes it out to, to Chris, um, straight on to Chris Martin who taps it in from about four yards out uh, and then the third is a penalty in the second half uh, Jason Knight good link up play from Jack Marriott uh, and the defender just bundles straight into him it's probably one of the clumsiest challenges you'll ever see in all fairness um, and Martin took the spot kick as there was no Wayne Rooney ball into the back of the net 3-0 thank you very much there were other chances Waghorn as we say most weeks if that man had a bit more of a finishing quality about him, he'd be a fantastic player. Um, he he missed a, he missed two one on ones. Uh, the second one hit in the post. First one was a good save from the keeper. But you'd always bank on your striker scoring in that position. So you know the damage could have been a lot more. There were a couple of other chances from others as well. It was a very very solid performance. Uh, second half went a bit more end to end. Uh, Blackburn opened up a little bit more obviously we'd got a two goal lead and that allowed us to pick off um, probably the slight disappointment that we didn't do more damage in the second half it did seem as if we took the foot off the gas a little bit we weren't quite as ruthless in the in the second half but at the end of the day the three points were in the bag the clean sheet which is I think pretty important it's been a while since we've had one um, and back to winning ways at Pride Park as you know it's been a while to be perfectly honest with you so great great result and that pushes Derby into 12th place we're into the top half for the first time since November um, there is nine games to go that is all and the league table reads as such uh, on bottom we have got Barnsley now uh, who are bottom on 34 points Luton are in 23rd on 35 Charlton are 22nd in th on 39 Hull just outside who are in absolute free fall at the minute 21st on 41 Wigan also on 41 in 20th and Middlesbrough on 41 in 19th Wigan um unbeaten in five managed to push themselves out of uh, out of the bottom there which is pretty good uh, 18th come Huddersfield on 42 Stoke also at 42 in 17th 16th come Birmingham on 47 Sheffield Wednesday 15th on 48 Reading 14th are also on 48 QPR 13th on 50 points and as I say, Derby in the top half for the first time since November are in 12th, 51 points. Swansea 11th on 53, Blackburn 10th on 53, Cardiff 9th 54, Millwall 8th 54, obviously we go to next week. Bristol City 7th on 55, Preston 6th 56, Forest 5th 60 points, Brentford 4th 60 points, Fulham 3rd 64 points. West Brom 2nd on 70 and we have new league leaders Leeds United on 71 points who are an absolute scintillating form at the moment it has to be said so then Derby County 5 points away from the playoffs you look at the, you look at the teams in and between us and 
sixth place. Preston, lost four out of the last five. Bristol City, not one in five, lost three. Millwall, only won two out of five. Cardiff, only won one out of five. Blackburn, only won one out of five. Swansea, only won one out of five, the last five. It really is a strange, strange league this year. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, can you say it's lack of quality? Is it all the same quality? Uh, yeah, that's difficult to say. I think personally, obviously, you, you, you take us. Um, I would say that Derby haven't had a great season this year in terms of performances. Obviously, our away form's been woeful, yet we're only five points off. I mean, if buts and maybes, I appreciate that. But does that just show the the quality i mean obviously i know because of where we're from i know a few forest fans uh you know they're right up there and i've been pretty much all season and even they have said you know they some of their football has been poor obviously they got a tonk in friday night against millwall at home which was great to see um but then you know obviously we've got to go there on saturday so i'm not going to count my chickens just yet uh, it's a horrible place for for to go certainly for over the last few years at for derby so it just goes to show you, you know, anything is possible in this league. I'm still not going to stand here with nine games to go and say Derby will make the playoffs because I don't. Realistically, I don't think they will. You know, you look at who we've still got to play. We've still got to play Leeds. Still got oh, at home. Still got to play West Brom away. Still got to play Brentford at home. Still got to play Forest at home. Still got to go to Preston. Got to go to Millwall. Got to go to Cardiff. These games are not going to be easy. Uh, at all, but I suppose the positive to that is that you're playing the teams in and around you. I say next game, Millwall. If we win, we're on the same points as them. It's going to push us roughly into the top ten based on other results, maybe. And you just you've just got to keep going, keep chipping them away, um, and just see where you can go. I said I think if Derby can finish into the top half this season, I thought that'd be a positive. Uh, that'd be a positive end to what has been a a mediocre season I mean the next three games are probably before that international break are probably going to tell you if I probably I think it's game by game pretty much now um, Millwall away as I say then on the Tuesday night we've got Reading you'd, you'd like to think we'd got a chance of winning that one but result you know they're an interesting team Reading Preston away is never an easy place to go so you've got those three games in seven days um before the international break and then obviously then comes the what would be the the trickiest i mean forest at home west brom away brentford at home cardiff away leeds at home birmingham away uh, it, you know it's it certainly doesn't get any easier there's no doubt about that but i think it's a game at a time um but for me i think whilst it's mathematically possible of course you're going to be excited for it I think quality-wise, I'm not quite sure we're there. What I'd like to see, is certainly in the remaining games, obviously, you know, we've got to continue the momentum, try and get the performance, um, obviously keep trying to pick up these results away from home, which would be great if we can, say two out in the next three are away. Um, but, I mean, if we're sat here after the Preston game um, with seven points out of nine, then... You know, you, you you're still going to be in in and around it with six games to go. Um, realistically, do I think we're going to get anything at Millwall? I'm not so sure. I think going to Millwall is always difficult. Um, they are 
pretty decent. So I think that's going to be a tough, tough ask, to be perfectly honest with you. Reading at home, I'd expect us to win. Preston away, it's always going to be a difficult one. Uh, they're not in great form at the minute. So that one's going to be interesting to see where to see where we are. Um, and then a nice nice break before that Forest game. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, if, as long as we win that one, I'm more than happy. But optimism is there. But it's all you know. It's about getting the youngsters more time, you know, get, getting minutes behind the belt. Because if we don't go up this year, which I don't think we're going to, um, a lot of those players, I think Sibley's starting to play himself into favour now. Um, you know, a lot of these are going to be the bulk of our squad next season. And obviously, as we touched last week on the pod, certain areas that we need to just knit together. Um, and I think we could be quite a force next season. Um, but this season is not over yet so we've just got to keep going see what we can can achieve see what we can't achieve but as i say for me a top half finish if we can even push to a top 10 i think that'd be fantastic um and uh you know I, I think that would be would be a positive but it's more about you know just continuing koku's message let's just look how far the team have come over the last few weeks uh, i think it's a continue of that pushing on into obviously what will be next season um, and I think there may well be one or two people looking at us next season certainly if we can sort the back line out and you know go well yeah th- you know they're in with a shout they are in with a shout so we'll just have to wait and see on that one so that pretty much wraps up the games for this week what we're going to do now is welcome back my good friend Corey um, he's got a nice bit of a uh, bit of insight uh, from himself um we'll dissect that um and then we'll have a look at as i say in a bit more depth about millwall coming up those three games next week and any other club business pretty much so here's cory hey there rams fans it's been a while since being on the podcast and i apologize for that um during my last segment um, I went on a bit of a rant about the club, the coaches, and the players. I just felt like I needed a bit of a break from talking about it for a while to, to get rid of some of the negative energy and a bit of the negative feeling that, that was kind of I was feeling at the time. Also, work's been really busy and whatnot and the holidays and everything, so the weeks have just flown by, and here we are in March, and season's coming to a, to a conclusion after being through a busy festive period. Um, since the last time I was on the pod, I've took some time to rewatch some of the games this season and, um, and some of the highlights and, and reflect on what the 1920 season has brought. And I had one big revelation, really. Um, I was wrong about Philip Kaku. He was dealt a very difficult hand during his time so far at the club. And to be honest, I feel a bit sorry for him now, in hindsight, looking back at it. His post-match interviews, he kind of seemed immensely frustrated, and I can see why. Um, and I think that was just with on-the-field stuff, let alone what he must be feeling off the field with transfers and, and various other things. And I think through it all, though, he's, he's stuck to his beliefs, his philosophy, and he's handled everything with class. Does he use charisma? No. But I think the way he views the game and the direction that he wants to try to take the club shows that he's got it um, got it upstairs, um, both managerial and, and football-wise. Does he make mistakes? Yes, but... Again, as we see, all ma- all managers make mistakes, even the ones at the very top level. Um, he's the manager of Derby, and, and I'm fully behind him. And, I, and I'm and i on board the Kaku train, and I will be for a while. Um, and I know that's weird to say because I, I 
be honest with you, I did not like him to begin with, and I, I hold my hands up. I was fully wrong about him. I'm a big fan of Philip Kaku now. Um, and I really did like when he said that when the, when the EFL brought the Chargers against Darby, that he said, you know, I don't like it when someone touches my club. And, and those are my sentiments exactly, Philip, and I'm on board with you now. Um, not that he's going to make everything perfect in my eyes, but at the same time, I think he's, we're on the, right, the, the club's on the right path with Philip Kaku in charge. Since I was also on the podcast, um, a small matter of this player named Wayne Rooney has started to play. Um, and it's absolutely surreal to see his name on the team sheet and having him wearing a Derby shirt. I was a little underwhelmed at first with the impact that he was having because I was kind of expecting, you know, a little bit more goals and assists and, and passing and whatever. But the, th- the impact that he's having on the team now is is significant. And I think you can't, it, it's an undeniable impact that he's having. His leadership qualities alone are worth his wages. We saw the game, I think it was Bristol City in his first appearance. Jack Marriott had three or four chances, and Wayne Rooney's just, just going at him like, come on, you got to get this, you got you to finish these opportunities if you want to be a top player. And inspiring the other players to work harder and, and get better, most of them have seen to take that on board. And that's a good thing. And I think he elevates the level of the club, he elevates the standard of the players. What players wouldn't want to be playing beside Wayne Rooney? And, and wanting to, to fight every day to be in that team with him. Um, his deeper position, I think that's a really good position. I think Liam Rossinier said just before the, the FA Cup game against Manchester United that they now see him. They didn't really know where his role would be first, and, and now they see him as that deep-lying uh, midfield position. And I think that's going to be really good because he's going to be able to get on the ball more. He's going to be able to dictate play more. And also I think it's going to save his legs a little bit as well. He still gets in his advanced positions. He's still making gut-busting runs a game. But I think he's being able to use his pace smarter, which will extend his time in the game and hopefully maximize his appearances for Derby. Somewhat like a Jamie Vardy. If you, look, if you watch Jamie Vardy play for Leicester, he's not sprinting um, every minute of every game. He, he picks and chooses his time. Sometimes he disappears for large swaths of the game, but then he pops up. He can use his pace. He can use his ability and he can score a goal. And I think that's kind of what Wayne's doing. I think he's using his brain. Um, he's ex- extending his life by uh, extending his footballing life by just sitting back, using his brain, using his passing, using the things that he's good at now and, and knowing, being smart enough to understand his body and, and when he can use and needs to have his sprints. Um, the one thing I would say about Wayne, ditch the beard. The beard just looks, the beard just does not look good. Um, he dyed his beard. Uh, I was thinking it was very obvious that he had dyed his beard. It does not look good dyed. It does not look good bushy. Uh, if he's going to have a beard, go back to like the short trim one that he had before or just get rid of it altogether because I think the beard makes him look 40 or 50 years old and just does not fit Wayne Rooney and that's just very weird for me. Um, from everything I've read, though, about Wayne, um, he's fitted into the club very well. He's just another one of the guys, and I think that's a tremendous testament to his leadership skills and to who he is. Um, you know, sometimes you see these top players, they come in, they're very arrogant. They don't want to deal with, with what, you know, could be deemed as, 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 as you know, um, less good players, lesser players. And I think he's just fit in and being one of the guys, and I think he's, he's enjoying it. And long may that continue. Um, it's no surprise that Bird has grown tremendously since Rooney's arrival. Uh, I always thought Max Bird had the potential to be a first-teamer, but I always thought it would, again, be one of those guys that maybe necessarily didn't make the cut. Uh, kind of, you know, Jamie Hansen make a few appearances. People love him because he's an academy graduate, but he isn't there. But, again, I, I've, I've 
been proved wrong recently and hopefully have been proved wrong longer term as well because he's growing into the first team and if he's not the first name on the team sheet then he's probably the fourth or fifth name on the team sheet and long may this development continue it's also not a surprise that since Rooney's arrival that Dwayne Holmes has had a significantly increased impact more goals and more assists for the American and and hopefully he can return from injury soon obviously I think um, it's probably you can probably pick up when I talk about Dwayne Holmes that he is my favorite player not just for the fact that he's American but for the fact of how he plays the game and and and, and being one of Darby's better creative players so hopefully hopefully Dwayne Holmes can come back real soon um, and and continue to have the impact that he was having before because I think he was on the path to getting called up in March for the U.S. national team and obviously the, the injury may derail that a little bit, but I, I want to see him playing for Derby, and I want to see him playing for the men's national team for a long time to come. Um, and, and, and lastly, while we're talking about players, I'd like to praise Tom Lawrence, who's been very good the last few weeks and has now started to show some of that promise that I think we all knew that he had inside of him. Uh, he'll always divide opinion, uh, even more of after this season, especially with the events earlier in the season off the field. But I'm delighted for this form and I'm delighted for the club and I'm delighted for Tom Lawrence to be able to to finally hopefully put everything together and and we can start to see the real Tom Lawrence issues who's grown out of his issues and and, and grown into a more of a of a role at this club um and I think that would just be great for for everybody to see moving on now um prior to the Huddersfield game a couple weeks ago we the, the club had been in a bit of a mini revival and talk of the playoffs had surfaced again and it was kind of, you know, hey, if it worked for Villa last year, why can't it work for us this year, right? Why can't we be at Villa? Well, I thought Derby could make the playoffs, um, but in doing so, they could only really afford to lose a couple games from now, from from then until the couple, from then until the end of the season. But since since that Uddersfield game, it was like two points from nine, um, and it's going to be really difficult to see that happening now. And I think Derby would have, I think pretty much the club Derby would have to go unbeaten the rest of the way. I think. Even even a even a tie a draw would 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 be seriously damaging, um, so I think you pretty much Derby have to win out the rest of the season to have any chance of happening, and, and to win twelve games on the bounce in this league is it's very difficult. But um, you know, with the rest of the teams challenging with the playoffs, all having patches of in different form, it doesn't really seem like anybody really wants to grab a stranglehold in the playoff places uh, and stay there and, and solidify their place as a playoff team, and you know. Anything can still happen. This is the championship after all. And, we, and Derby fans and the club certainly know what the championship is all about after all these years. That being said, I don't think that we would that the club would be that far away next season given a few signings, a turnaround in some of the form and continued growth from the youngsters. And I hope that this transitional phase that we are in currently now, which is much needed if I'm honest, because if you look at the overspending and the things and the financial fair play and how tightly you know budgets are at the club, uh, we want to have a club to support at the end of the day. We don't want to end up like Bury. So I think I think hitting the reset button, getting some younger players in, getting some different players in, shifting the wage bill back um, to a smaller amount rather than a larger amount, shipping out some of the underperformers, and just kind of getting in some new blood, I think it's much needed in the club. I just hope that this doesn't become a Nigel Clough version 2.0 where the club had to dramast, dramatically cut costs just to, in order to stay afloat. And we all thought, oh, the Rams are going for promotion under Clough, or we're going for promotion under Clough. But in hindsight, we were literally trying to stay out of League One by signing League One players and hoping, hoping for a bit of luck. So last night, Manchester United FA Cup fifth round, 
and the team selection seems to have drawn the ear of several supporters. Um, look, there were always going to be changes for the Cup. Even a full-strength Derby team would have found it difficult to get a result against against this Manchester United team. Uh, but it was an opportunity for the youth players to show what they were all about, and I, and I think they did the club proud for most part. Louis Sibley had Scottish international and Manchester United regular Scott McTominay rattled. Uh, McTominay just could not really, really, really could not deal with Sibley, Sibley, and it was an absolute joy to watch. It was nothing better than seeing a senior professional, a full international, being rattled by an 18-year-old, especially when that 18-year-old is part of the club that you support. The only part of the team selection that was a little strange to me was not the starting team, but but when Lawrence got injured, uh, and and Kaku made the move for Morgan Whitaker. I I didn't think Whitaker did really anything. I thought Derby were kind of playing with ten men. I know obviously Whitaker is is eighteen nineteen years old, but there were other eighteen nineteen year old players in there that made their mark on the game. But I think he was just kind of there, and it looked like Derby were just playing with ten men for a lot of the game and Darby were far worse off having Lawrence off the pitch after taking that knock to his calf than than before and I think that kind of affected the game um, a little bit because personally I think with Lawrence on the field for that first 20 minutes Darby Darby were playing quite well they had the opportunity from Sibley and they looked like they were putting some things together and it's just unfortunate Tom's evening finished the way it did and so early uh, personally I would have brought on either Jack Marriott or, or um, Chris Martin for something different for those center halves if you look at the game, Lindelof did very little. He was kind of just dropping back as a sweeper and letting Bailly uh, take um, most of the people. But I think Martin takes up one of those people. Jack Marriott's runs. He had a, he had a good effort on a half chance uh, later on in the game. And I think putting him in, in, in with a two or, or moving Waghorn out to the wing or bringing Martin on just offers a different kind of threat. And I think he would have offered a little bit more than just bringing on Morgan Whitaker. Um, but again, you know, Whitaker's young, and I think a lone spell would do him the world of good, his confidence the world of good as he gets growing into to men's football. And I think, without getting too deep into the game, I think the, the lack of quality in the squad uh, that is currently there is, is, is there for everyone to see. Um, right now we're in March, and, and to be honest, we don't have a consistent center-back partnership. Uh, Andre Wisdom, George Evans, Matt Clark, Curtis Davis, Craig Forsyth, Christian Bielek, they've all been tried there this season um, in different combinations. We've tried a two, we've tried a three, we've tried, you know, uh, Wisdom with Clark, Clark with Davis, Davis with Forsyth, Forsyth with Wisdom, Evans and Evans and uh, Forsyth last night, Bielek was in there as well. And I just don't think that Kaku has a reliable, consistent pair of center halves that he can he can put out there every um every week uh, to, to try to battle and win games. And the other thing I noticed is that when we were going up for corners, Darby have absolutely very little aerial threat, very little aerial presence, and it's it's very disappointing to see because whenever they take corners, it doesn't it very rarely looks like we were going to score. Um, and I think in summer, I think obviously we've got Mike Tavirik coming in, but... I think there's going to be at least two other center halves that are going to have to come into the club to fight for the shirt to to get some consistency and to 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 be able to play at a level um, to fix this mess. Um, and and just one more thing about the game, why I, I just I'm just kind of curious on why the crowd was so quiet. Manchester United they brought a full contingent. The, the crowd the stadium was full. You know it's a big occasion, FA Cup, Manchester United, um, and the stadium was just quiet from the Derby perspective. 
know, chanted a few times when Rooney touched it, but obviously the three nailed down, but but chant and encourage the players and, and try to, to whip them up and get, and get the get the tempo of the game and the and the crowd noise up because that's going to help lift the players at the end of the day. But I guess people have their reasons for, for wanting to pay that money to go to a game and, and sit like they're in a library. I, I don't know what that's all about, but they have they have their opinions on that. Um, so also it was reported in the Derbyshire Telegraph and various other news sources that Derby are finalizing a friendly between themselves and D.C. United in Washington, D.C. at Audi Field in October. And first of all, I can't, I, I, I can't put into words how pumped I am for that's going to happen. Going to watch Derby every year is something I always cherish, but having them come to my backyard is going to be something extra special. The timing may seem strange, I'll admit, when I first read it, I thought it was strange, but the international break um, training camp makes makes like makes some sense. Also, July and August temperatures here can reach between 90 and 100 degrees, which is about 32 to 37 degrees Celsius. Couple that with 90% humidity, um, and it normally kills the teams that come to play in it. I've seen Celtic, Portsmouth, Ajax, Everton, Chelsea, and others come and be completely unprepared for the heat. Not only does it become well, not only does it not become much of a game, it's also not really much of a learning or fitness ex- ex- exercise or experience either because the players cannot wait to get off the pitch and cool down. Mid to late October, though, will be pretty decent weather. Um, and if preseason predictions are to be believed, D.C. United should be preparing for the playoffs. So should be a decent game and one I'm obviously looking forward to because it's going to be my own backyard. So I will be there. One final thing before I go. This season has been very trying and testing one both on and off the pitch for Derby, and I think all the fans recognize that, and I think the club recognizes that. And personally, I think the club should recognize its supporters and thank them for sticking by the club during this rocky season. I think all the fake fans, plastic fans, or whatever you want to call them, wouldn't have stuck by the club this year, and it would have been very easy for the fans to go up the A52 and start watching Nottingham Forest or go down to Leicester and start watching them. Leicester's ownership group this, do this, actually, um, random home games. You see them award fans or give fans a free drink or a pie or a scarf or whatnot, and I think it would be great to see Darby do that as well. Something as simple as a free drink, a free pie, or a voucher to the club shop or to the yard or to the backyard or you know, whatnot would be fantastic. Even a free program or a scarf or a team sheet, um, just to thank the fans and acknowledge them for their support. I think it's something the club club should do every season, but especially this one because it's been so trying and testing. Well, that's all I've got for this week. And as Jason has said last week, we're figuring out a way to do a live podcast, and I know we're both looking forward to it. Jason, as always, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. I truly appreciate it. And until next time, up the Rams. My thanks, as always, to Corey. It's been a while. Uh, great to hear hear him um i think to be fair just just to cover what he was saying i think to be fair we've we've discussed quite a bit of that over the last couple of pods um i think the one uh, couple of points there that he, he did mention um certainly the friendly against dc united i'd forgotten about that actually um that's going to be obviously that was part of the wayne rooney thing um that'll be great uh, certainly for as, as Corey said for himself as he's as he's uh, that way uh, it'd be great for him to be able to see derby um in his own in his own country um and i think think the one really that pulls out for me is um again the, the philip koku debate i've never been one to 
to slate him too much this season. Um, don't get me wrong, he, he's he's done things at certain times that would make people um, opinions of of him valued. I suppose in some respects, he he has done some strange team team selections. He, he's done certain things in games. Certainly, I've I know I've said before about you know his substitutions. Corey mentioned there, it's not the first time Thursday night you bring on Morgan Whitaker uh, because that's about all you've got. Um, but that's obviously more squad-based than himself. So, you know, the man has made some interesting decisions, there's no doubt about that. But you, you do see a lot of people now turning round and going, well, maybe I was wrong about him. And I think it's, it is all just down to, you know, give him time. Um, he has had an absolute shitstorm to be perfectly honest with you, to deal with this year. Um, and for us to be anywhere near what we are doing, I think you know, great testament to him. Of course, it's the players on the pitch as well, but he, he's obviously got these people wanting to play for him. Um, we know the, the way that the culture at the club's going. We know we're going to get rid of some expensive um, expenses off the wage bill. We know we're going to bring the youngsters in. And as we know, it was the reason why he came in in the first place. His pedigree with youngsters is fan- is phenomenal. Um, and not only, obviously, from our point of view, which you know could well make our team better and, and put and put money in the coffers, um, but it also, you know, for the youngsters breaking into the into the game on a on a men's level. Having somebody like himself, obviously we've said this about Rooney as well, people wanting to play with Wayne Rooney, of course they do. People wanting to be coached by who is viewed as one of the best um, in football at bringing through youngsters. You know, if I was a player, back in my day, if I was a player at that age, I was never good enough to, to be at that level. But if I knew that, you know, I was coming through an academy where a coach had, had achieved what he'd achieved um, and you saw what he was able to do for other youngsters, uh, other clubs in other academies, wherever he's been, then, you know, it, it would want, it would make me want to play for him. Um, so I think a lot of people's opinions are changing on him. And... I, as I said, I said from the start, I think that the man needs time. The man's got to build a squad. Corey pointed out there, you know, you look at the options past the first team. I appreciate that we've got a few injuries at the minute, but, you know, past the first team, there isn't a lot of quality. And obviously we discussed where we thought last pod, where we think the team needs needs to pick up. And it, is probably, it probably does go a bit deeper than, than maybe I mentioned last week. You know, I was talking about players for the first team. That's not, you know, that four, five, six players potentially. But of course then, yeah, you, you know, you've got a bench there as well that needs significant strength to be able to come on and, and make changes um, and influence the game. Um, and that, that's not just obviously Manchester United on on um, on Thursday when pretty much the result was beyond us. But you know those tight games where we're one nil up or one nil down or we're a draw, and you know you need you need game changers to be coming off the bench. And you know obviously the substitutions that we've seen this year. Obviously Jack Marriott's been used predominantly as a substitute this year. Um, I like Jack Marriott. I think he's I think he's a brilliant footballer, but obviously he's just not clicked this year for him. Um, and I think even sometimes, in all fairness, when Martin's come off the bench, it is not, it's not worked in the same capacity as he, as he is from a start. Um, and obviously then you, you look at the likes of Whitaker, and we've obviously mentioned Whitaker on the pod uh, before over the last couple of weeks. don't think he's quite ready for men's football. 
um, at this level. I think he does need to go out on loan. And then obviously you've got the likes of Yosef Soon who he's been given umpteen chances and he's never performed. Or you know, other than that, you're not you haven't really got anybody. So maybe you know the. The amount that we need to recruit is actually a bit more than four or five. You know, you could probably push to seven or eight, but I'd, obviously, I don't think that that's going to be. Um, I don't think that's going to be achievable. To be perfectly honest with you, we could see one or two more youngsters stepping up for a place on certainly on the bench. But again, are they going to have the same impact? Um, which is obviously what I'm talking about. You know, you need an impact off that bench. It'd be interesting to see, but obviously, that's something for for the future um, so then guys to quickly discuss the games coming up because that is what's important at the moment the here and now so Millwall Saturday always a difficult place a nice reunion with with uh, with the snake um, Mr Gary Rowett as I say I, I, I did watch the game on Friday against Forest and to be fair they were they were pretty decent um, obviously Mason Bennett's down there, he won't be eligible to play against us. They've got quality. We've always found it difficult, certainly going there. Um, they do make the den a fortress, it's not a nice place to go. But uh, And I think it's going to be a, a, a very difficult game. I think in all fairness, obviously the performances just recently, um, certainly away as well, away from home, uh, gives me optimism. Uh, it's Obviously, we've got a couple of players missing. You know, the likes of Tom Lawrence and, and Wayne Rooney would probably be key players for us in that in, in this style of game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if they can if they can make it back um, in time. But as I say, uh, as I said earlier, we've got to take it one game at a time. Keep the push going. You know, we've won back-to-back -back games. Not many times we've done that this season. I don't think we've. I don't know if we've even done three in a row this season. Um, so if we could do that, it, that'd be a great achievement. And as we say, it's all about trying to finish the season as, as strongly as as possible. Um, you've got players playing for contracts. Chris Martin being one. Um, you've got obviously the youngsters who really want to drive themselves into into the reckoning for the first team for next season. Obviously, we've got Bogle, Max Lowe, they're pretty much in the first team now. I think Bird's pretty much in the first team now. Jason Knight, I think, is pretty much in the first team now. But obviously, you've got Sibley who, uh, and Whitaker who will want to prove that they can cut it at this level. Obviously, Morgan Whitaker, don't particularly, as I say, don't particularly think I've seen enough from him at the minute. Sibley has played handful of minutes other than the last two games and I think he's been the man of the match in both games so I'd like to see him get a bit of a run if anything between now and the end of the season um, and as I say I think we've got to take it a game at a time I think if you lose on Saturday and obviously dependent on all obviously all, always depends on other results but I think the sooner we are kind of mid-table confirmed as such then I'd like to see some of the youngsters getting more runs out. You know, they are going to be part of the future. So we've got to see, we've got to give them the time and got to, got to see if they are capable. Because at the end of the day, obviously the transfer plans, I'm sure, are already in, you know, in, in full swing. But you've got to know if somebody is available in your own academy or in your club or whatever. Um, or you've got to go out and try and find that, find that um, player. So that's what I think's got to be the main focus now. Um, and going to Millwall, you know, obviously it's it's what a 
we say that you know it was a great experience for the youngsters playing Manchester United on your home pitch in front of 30 full sell out 33,000 whatever it was 32,000 absolutely also going down to the den for the youngsters could be very very much a, a learning curve and, a, and an interesting experience um, I'd like to see you know the same people involved obviously if Tom Lawrence is fit will Sibley get a run out I don't know um, obviously it will all depend on team shape and stuff like that it depends I, I think it'd be harsh for him to be dropped in all fairness um, obviously Chris Martin at the minute three three assists last Saturday two goals yesterday certain people are he, he, if I was talking about contracts you know, he is certainly paying himself into a new contract uh, will they go down that route I mentioned it last week I don't know still don't know um, he scored uh, his goals yesterday means he's got 10 goals for the season um, and I think close to 7 or 8 assists that's a pretty decent return from somebody who's only probably played half the games in all fairness so it'd be interesting to see where they go with that one obviously I'm sure we'll we'll hear about that further on down the road um, so yeah looking at it one game at a time Millwall if you can get something for a result from there then yeah you know you never know you just never know um i think nobody and quite rightly as Corey mentioned i don't think anybody's really taking it by the uh, by the balls and running with it to be perfectly honest with you other than obviously the top two um there are still places up for grabs but as i say i think it's more about finishing as high as we possibly can giving uh, the fans in the last nine games something to cheer about and giving us I would say something to look forward to next season um, you know when you've got the likes of a couple more coming back from injury obviously you've got these youngsters blooded into the first team there is going to be incomings how many is who knows um, but you know give us some after what has been a transitional period I think you know we've had it before um, transitional periods normally mean that you know you you probably are looking towards the the lower end of the table whereas we're having a transition period and, and we're only five points off the top six that bodes well uh, obviously we could fall away from that and end up finishing mid-table if results don't really uh, continue in, in the next nine games I appreciate that so there's going to be a lot more to to, to dissect over this uh, towards the end of the season and of course we will do that on the pod um, but it's just about again now building on that away result obviously we, we got the result against Swansea away then we've had a couple of away games where we've been in the game but not quite as strong nice strong performance against Sheffield Wednesday um, that's what I'm looking for more than anything at the moment just keep it ticking over it's definitely not going to be an easy task at the den so it's all about going out there and trying to do what we can you know just to try and secure a result and a, and a solid performance I think that's what I'm looking for hopefully then as I say to take into Tuesday night against Reading at home which is again not going to be an easy game Reading never are another team that Derby they have had mixed results over um, this season so it's obviously we lost 3-0 there even though I think we dominated the first 40 minutes and ended up being 3-0 down. That's how it goes. Obviously, Millwall beat us at Pride Park this year, so, uh, this season. So, you know, two 
two games that you might look at and go, you'd expect four points, you'd, you'd hope for four points. You could easily come away with six, you could easily come away with one or two. So it's going to be interesting to see where we go with that. And then, of course, as I say, next Saturday then, so three games in seven days, um, a trip to Deepdale before the international break. Other, uh, I think that's about it, guys. I mean, other club news, there isn't really anything. Um, as I mentioned, obviously the friendly with DC United. Um, but there's been no other real news on anything. Again, the investment's gone quiet. Um, no more news coming out about Richard Keogh. Um No other news that is of massive importance. I wouldn't have said at this moment in time. As anything breaks, obviously, uh, we will bring it to you on this pod. So I think that about wraps it up, guys. Thanks very much for listening, as always. Um, to get in touch, Twitter, at RamsReview1, Facebook, RamsReview, email, RamsReview at Hotmail.com. Um, obviously, just recently on the pods, I've not been getting too much of your opinions out there. Um, I do need to start getting that more back on. Um, but as I say, because of the... Um, not been doing a regularly weekly pod like I've been been wanting to, uh, you know, trying to get everything into one podcast and cram it all in into over an hour is a bit just a bit too long. So I think there's been enough to debate. Um, and as I say, I read all social medias and 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 I mention them on the pod anyway. So to be honest with you, we're getting we're getting a bit of a flavour of what people think. Um, but as always, guys, any questions, any comments, any queries want to get in touch want to get involved they're, they're the means means to do that uh, looking at now as I say it probably will be after the Preston game now um, the next pod we will, we will dissect the three games there Millwall Reading and Preston a nice international break to look into will we be closer to the playoffs will we be the same will we be further away who knows a nice chance to um, reflect after that there'll be just six games to go as we've said those six games are are very very difficult and then there'll be a nice build up to of course the Nottingham Forest game um, which it's not too far away for Rams fans it's starting to uh, starting to creep up on us Um, looking forward to it Uh, so you know we'll we'll dissect all that next podcast as I say that will be after the Preston game um, in into the international break thanks as always guys keep safe Hope you've enjoyed it, and I'll see you next time.